It's Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about the triptastic Nicolas Cage revenge horror film, Mandy. February is all about the love, and we love you, Trilly Titan. Thanks for the request. You no trouble. Me, Supreme You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Oh, yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. Oh, your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the sea rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. to the podcast. We are your host. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, the cinematographer that always blows the horn of Abraxas, Jared Callen. <laughs> I like to call it the uh, Ocarina of Time. And uh, yeah, how you doing, Brian? It's nice to be here. Hi, I'm good. We also have the DP that strikes with the tainted blade of the Pale King, or the Pale Knight. Oh, sorry. Mike Griggs. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And... We have the costume designer that would totally reprogram the children of the new dawn, Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. And we're here talking Mandy. What? Uh, this is going to be an interesting uh, conversation here. I, I, I got a feeling. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's not often we talk about a full-on fever dream starring Nicolas Cage. Mm. Wait, aren't all of his films full-on fever dreams? Or at least no. the ones lately? This is a whole new level of fever dream. I feel like they're mostly just bad action movies now. Or one long action movie. Well, this one had a little bit of action. Yeah, I, I think this qualifies as like a long action movie. It definitely qualifies as long. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess there was action too. Some sometimes, sometimes. Can it be action if the other person just stands there? <laughs> Can it be action <laughs> if most of these like, are like two minute like, long single takes where they're just kind of staring at each other? Like, hmm, I could move, but I'm going to let this chain wrap around my neck. <laughs> he was in disbelief, Jared. It, you know, the trick is to steer into the chain. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The director on the uh, behind the scenes was quoted as saying, "It's like uh, really about the story. It's about how we get there. You know, it's about doing it, not really like you know what we're doing." That that makes a lot of sense because I didn't see a lot of story in there. Isn't that every action movie ever though? Also, yes. You shut your mouth. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> mo- most action movies, aren't they kind of convoluted in the plot? Like, it, like even The Rock, when we were talking about that, it's like so fucking convoluted. Like, we could simplify this. Th- this was kind of refreshing, you know, in, in terms of like uh, a Mad Max revenge death wish, you know, plot. <laughs> plot. Yeah. I, whatever. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. Right? Mm. 
I mean, a lot of stuff's just kind of left. Uh, I mean, it's just hard. You know, it's it's all visual. You know, there's all this crazy camera shit going on. Uh, you know, the story is, you know, song is old as time. Uh, you know, like we, we, we've seen this before. So how do you make it interesting is, you know, you, you crank it up a notch with your acting and your, your visuals. But not even like super gory, really. It's just like camera crazy with like filters and flares and... Yeah, they had a lot of shit like sitting in front of the camera. That was that was some of the more interesting parts of the film. Shooting the Coke bottles and shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as far as action, even like the whole revenge genre, I feel like I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting. Are, are there are there other movies that involve, uh, you know, revenge on like cult members who burn the girl alive? Nah, I can't think of any ones that uh, like burn burn somebody alive. You're, you're burned. Well, Nicholas Cage was burned alive by a cult in a movie. Oh, um, that's true. What, yeah. What, what? Which movie was that? Oh man, you ever seen Wicker Man the remake? Oh, total spoiler! Oh. Fucking alert, man. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> that's the. Just that is the, the very the very end of that movie. Uh, sorry, I, I have not, and apparently I do not need to anymore. Thanks. Don't they put like this thing on his head and pour bees in there? Yeah, that was in the re. Yeah, that was. Yeah. There's some crazy shit. Lots of lots of Nicolas Cage screaming in that one too. But even actually, I can't really say that about this. He, he didn't really talk much in this movie. Nobody talks. He was better for it. He he just got <laughs> pissed when they ripped his favorite shirt. That was it's my favorite shirt. That was the most emotion that I felt for the entire film. What man, dude? When he's losing his shit in that fucking goddamn sunflower bathroom? Oh my god! Uh, that that scene was really really great until. The camera backed up six inches after pushing in for two and a half minutes. Yeah, that was the only scene that the I was, camera was, I was terrible. So like like annoyed and frustrated and and befuddled that I had to rewind it and make sure that I just saw what would happen. And, it's and because yeah, it's just, you're exactly I, right. It's like what the fuck just happened? What well, the camera up didn't? Uh, he was you could tell he was like a. They didn't exactly know what fucking Nicolas Cage was going to do. Yeah, at which that point. was part of the joy of most of these super long takes. And then they fucking backed up. Like, no, just, Nicholas Cage just is zoom like, a little bit in and post and fix it so you don't see it that much and get a little bit of like dolly <laughs> zoom. Like, like don't have the whole fucking camera back up in the middle of a two minute shot. What? Come on, Nicholas Cage is probably like, you're only gonna get this once. Yeah, apparently, I'm only gonna give you one. He also apparently refused to wear pants for that scene because I don't know when when that happened when he transitioned out of the pants. Well, no, because fuck, what's the first thing you do, Griggs, when you come home? You take your pants off. <laughs> Apparently, he achieved a weekend, and no. it was time to just dance on the floor. There you go. The bikers abducted him in bed. That's why he wasn't wearing pants. Remember, because he was, he was asleep with uh, with with Mandy, and then the biker guys come in and they grab him out and they tie him up, and that, that's the first time he's been untied. Don't make sense of this movie, Brian. I'm just saying. I, mean, I, I guess <laughs> like, maybe I just there's a lot of things to question. <laughs> You know, in this movie, the pant, the lack of pants is not one of these things we need. <laughs> I thought it's more the, the more the whitey tidies. I thought the lack of pants. He seems like a whitey tidies person, and that made sense <laughs> to me. But I thought that the lack of pants, like, wasn't he dreaming and like he he got up because like what or was that a different section? A different sleep. I think that was before. Okay. Uh, are you talking about that animated dream? Yeah, well, he had a he had at least two animated dreams. But yeah, the animated uh, dreams happen after she dies. Yeah, and the, okay. I have to so say, the bathroom sucks scene is before your, she dies. Yeah. No, the no, bathroom that's after she dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's why he drinks saying. an entire freaking 
bottle of vodka. Entire bottle of, of whatever that was in one shot. That was actually pretty impressive that he drank that much. Even if it was just water. It was still impressive. It's not impressive. That's not how you handle your feelings of grief, okay? Like, that's not. <laughs> it is when you have a demonic <laughs> biker gang. That he was just stabbed like Jesus. Burns burns your watched wife. His, watched his wife burn alive. Uh, listen, it's like listen, tripping balls. Every time I have had a demonic biker gang abduct me out of bed, I have drank an entire <laughs> bottle of alcohol. Every time. That, that, that's kept in the kitchen. No. In, sorry, in the bathroom. In the fucking bathroom. In the bathroom <laughs> like, vanity. Like, How much of an alcoholic were you that you had to hide it in the bathroom to be like, only on special occasions? Oh, I, I like that because like when he's in the beginning and he's getting helicoptered out of the whatever his lumberjack job oh, is. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The guy offers him a beer and he's like, no. Yeah. You know, so you know he's got some kind of drinking problem. I, I thought that was cool. And I like that the lumberjack thing kind of sets up that he knows how to handle a chainsaw, which comes, <laughs> in, comes into play later. Well, that's also why his like first go to uh, like make, makeshift weapon of death is a fucking axe, right? Yeah, it's gonna Paul Bunyan those motherfuckers. <sighs> those decapitations are nice. Yeah, there's 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 some good gore uh, for being a a, a crazy. Like, are, are, wait, hold on a minute. So, are these things demons? Like, is, are we in a different world? Uh, is this on a different planet? Um, or is all of that stuff? Like where we see the big, like at the end of the movie where he drives off and you're seeing all these, these scapes and all that. Or are these people actually demonic or is that just the drugs? I don't know, man. You can take it however you want. I mean, it could just or be, yeah, it could be just a LSD trip or I don't know, maybe, maybe that uh, cult leader, maybe, maybe he is like a, a, a Jesus Christ second coming and. I don't know, you know, like I'll suck your dick, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can take it however you want. That is a. I kind of, I line. kind of saw it as like <laughs> these are the humans that we sent to like go colonize Mars, and this is what they've devolved into because it just does. It's not going to work, man. And so they have turned into. They raided their sex stores and like have yeah. taken all of these drugs, and like that's what Mars is now. It's a bondage planet. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I interpreted the movie. That's where all the Cinnabites come from. From yeah. Hellraiser. Pain. That's what they look like. <laughs> they do look like Cinnabites on bikes. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I guess if like all the trippy imagery in the movie happened after the LSD or after Nicolas, Nicolas Cage character like does the coke uh, off the mirror and then does that <laughs> weird, I guess it's acid, whatever that brown or that gray sticky the substance The stuff he pulls out of the fucking jar and he's like, oh, here's a random jar in a random place. Let me put my tongue on it. So is in, that the same? Is that the regret. same? Okay, so when, when they meet the, the Cenobite guys, like the, the demon guys, is that what they drink or they drink blood? Because he's like blood for blood. Uh, so is he... No, he was asking blood for blood because remember they they give the they give the fat kid yeah, yeah what do they call him the porker or something like that yeah they give, give I, him take something. offense to that but yeah <laughs> it's really rude um, <laughs> yeah really hurt that's that's I actually almost quit watching the movie at that point Brian oh that uh, was no. that was the oh, kicker for you that, oh. that, that's what got me <laughs> um, I am triggered I am not watching I this. was so triggered. Um, <laughs> but no I think that's what the blood for blood was and I I do think that was the same jar so he just that dude. Down like Nicolas Cage does like a little like touch on his tongue and he's like tripping balls instantly. Uh, but this guy drinks a whole jar, so all these guys, no matter what, everybody's tripping balls constantly. Yeah. But, the, but it doesn't explain like wh why does it look? Wh why does the movie still have that LSD feel before Nicolas Cage takes the drugs? Right, you're right. 
You know, like, that's one of the things that kind of bothers me and confuses me about the film. Well, why is he acting so weird even before then? Like, like, like you know, he, he's so... I mean, you're, you're supposed to set up that they're in love. And, and the whole point of this is, like, you're supposed to take these two characters and then you set up that they, they have this relationship and, you know, they, they, were, they are, you know, completely in love. So when she uh, dies, then that gives you the motivation to send him through the rest of the film so you actually give a fuck, right? But, like, he, yep. he's just so... He, he, the, way he, the way the relationship is is very strange. Like, I don't know, it, like, are they just already tripping balls on their own acid beforehand? I don't think so. I think they're like trauma bonding. Is is that the the term we coined here? They show them smoking, and I was thinking that could be DMT. I mean, it's possible that they're doing some kind of drugs, but I don't think they're on LSD. Very first shot. Yeah, I don't think they're on LSD at the beginning. I don't think they're... If they're on something, it's something that's like um, not as trippy as the rest of the film because they it shows them just like chilling at home and like telling like how they've been abused like, like their weird ass <laughs> stories uh and so i i feel like it i i didn't really get that they were on anything just that they were like very traumatized people who were having some sort of bonding in whatever way that however they felt comfortable doing it there was uh some did you guys watch the um the deleted scenes yeah no no it's interesting like the deleted scenes that they cut out really set up uh more about their character which is very interesting that he decided to take these scenes out because there's a scene where basically we find out that Nicolas Cage's character uh Red he's an alcoholic and then uh you also find out that basically Mandy is the town whore oh and she she fucks anybody who comes around and then which or at least that's gossip anyway well, but it gives credence to what later in the film, the, the things that are in there, the, the you know, the, uh, the, the church people or whatever, uh, the Jesus freaks, as he calls them, they, uh, they, they call her a whore. And, and then, well, and, yeah, but you know, they, so, they do that after she starts laughing at him. I, yeah. And these people aren't even from around this area, dude. Like, and to be fair, church people call everybody whores. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the term you know, they're the ones. Is Jezebel, thank you very much. <laughs> they're the one whipping their dick out. That she <laughs> quite literally. They're not whores. They're doing it for God. She's clearly not doing it for God because they're not doing it. She's not fucking them. So she's a whore. Do you see the difference? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a very fine line, yeah. I'm special. You're special. Let's be special together. together. (laughs) (laughs) Does that ever work? (laughs) So fucking weird, man. God. Fucking cult creeped me out more than the fucking bike gang did. Also, their bed freaked me out. Would you be able to sleep in that little, like, glass box where anybody could... No, sir. They they live in the woods, like, in the middle of nowhere. Like, the, the nearest person is probably 10 miles away. Yeah. So the the first time you see it, it looks like they're camping out under the stars. And right. then it kind of makes more sense that, oh, no, those are just giant windows so they can see the whole forest while they're sleeping. But, yeah, I don't know that I'd be facing away from the big windows. Yeah, and also that kind of means you got to wake up every day with the sunrise anyways, right? So kind of fuck that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They want look, man. They're so in love. They want to watch the sunrise together. All right, Jared. Damn. No, man. They're all about. They're all about the cosmos. You know the cosmatos. Uh, you know. What's your favorite planet? Stars. What's your favorite planet? <laughs> so, guys. All right, everybody. What's your favorite planet? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say Uranus. Um, Uranus. <sighs> I should have known that was coming. Yeah, of course. 
It's right beside the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Pluto? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Blue balls! Uh, not, 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 uh, that's Neptune. Uh, it's not, not even... <laughs> it's not even a planet anymore, though, so... But Pluto, so... Anyways. Nobody, huh? All right. If you want to send us your... <laughs> if you want to send us your favorite planet, that's the movie crew at gmail.com. There you go. Planet conversation done. Just like that. Well, hold on. Well, actually, what planet do we think that they were on? Because I didn't really bother to look it up. But, like, you could clearly see, what, two other planets at the end? Or moons or somethings at well, the end? But by their by their planet conversation in, in the bed, it makes you think that they're on Earth because they're talking about their favorite planets in this solar system. So I don't, I don't know about the seeing the, the scapes where you see other planets. It felt like it was just kind of thrown in. Wasn't there a title card at the beginning that said something like this was in 1980? 1983. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's also a really weird poem at the beginning, too. Oh, I took a picture of that. <laughs> something about like being buried with your headphones so you can rock and roll or something. I don't know. Yeah, I saw some trivia that said that was apparently um, attributed to a serial killer. Really? I could see that. When yeah. I die, bury me deep. Lay two speakers at my feet, wrap some headphones around my head, and rock and roll me when I'm dead. That's because this film is about rock and roll, guys. No, bro, it's about metal. So fucking metal, bro. Fucking metal. metal. If metal was super long and really, really boring. Uh, yeah. (laughs) That kind of describes metal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the songs are really long, and uh, it's you know just the same guys screaming over and over again. Where chords are played really fast. They do have really good hair and costumes, though, so That's they true. have that going for them. That is accurate. Yep, this was definitely a movie where I paid more attention to the cinematography than actually giving a shit what was going on. What'd you think about the cinematography, Griggs? Um, I kind of I have a complicated relationship with it. Some of it I, I really really enjoyed. Some of it I really hated. Uh, so I watched the DVD transfer, so it's a, there's a good chance that some of the things that I hated were because it was a relatively low bitrate um, version. Um, but it felt like somebody got really, really like camera nerd hard on for just let's shoot everything as dark as we can possibly shoot it um, without actually doing any camera tests to see what that level of darkness was going to do because there was just so much blockiness and all the shadows. Uh, there was so much lost information, and then whatever—that's your DVD. <laughs> some of it, some of it, but some of it wasn't though. I didn't really think that that was a problem, and I watched it from Amazon, so okay. I don't, I don't Maybe know. Maybe really, yeah. There's a good chance it was, but there was also, um, I don't know. I didn't like the high level of of noise grain that they added to it, um, because there were some shots, there were some sequences like the. In the first five minutes or so, they had this big, long dolly tracking shot through the woods where they used some, some good smoke and some, some nice side light. I was like, oh, this is, this is really interesting and really well shot. But then there were other shots where there was just like crazy noisy. And it's like, you're shooting on an Alexa XT. Like, this but it's done on purpose. Like, that's original- what I'm saying. Like, it, it seemed more like they were just nerding out to, to try and emulate some version of, of shitty film and instead of actually making it like an aesthetic choice. No, it was choice totally aesthetic choice. They're, they're going for, like, Texas Chainsaw Yeah, Master. no, this is art, okay? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, had the same, I had the same feeling, and, and I actually talked to... <laughs> Damn it. 
<laughs> but she is right, even though she thinks she's making a joke. No, I actually, um, I'm actually being very serious. So, uh, in the, the director's last film, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, uh, they actually shot two perf, uh, like Super Thirty Five, and then uh, they 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 were doing all this crazy like um, overexposing and underexposing and and like fogging the lens and all this stuff is done on purpose. And so this this guy's next film. He didn't do it on film, I guess, for for because they only they only had six. He shot some things on film, just not the whole the whole thing. Really, that's not what I have here. Um, but uh, I don't know. yeah, I, the IMDb says that there's an Alexa XT, and then there was some other film camera that I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it was it was both. They were both digitals. It was a Alexa Mini and a, 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 the Alexa LT. Yeah, yeah, XT. That, those are both digital cameras. Yeah. Um, so oh, I um, thought I read a film camera in there as well, in addition to the Mini. Maybe but but anyways, uh, yeah. So they they do. He's all about. You, you should go watch um, Beyond the Black Rainbow because it it, it is really pretty. Does and, it and redeem it, this at all? Because I was bored as fuck. Go watch it for the camera, <laughs> which is the only reason I could I, even make it through this one. Um, like I, I really did. I enjoyed like the, some of the the lens flare effect things. Like they clearly put some shit in front of the lens, which we've done before in music videos, and it's super fun to do. I think most of those also, were added in post, though. Um, I don't know. I don't know. A couple of them, like, they I have just some of those lens flare things packages. to lenses, but also, yeah, for sure. Especially the one that's got the little, uh, it's a little hexy uh, shape over in the corner. Uh, I forget what shot it is, but it's like it's a little tracking shot and there's like a little lens yeah. flare. It's a blue flare. It's got a little hexy. In there it. was, so when, when he got, when he was going into the, uh, the house of the, the demonic biker gang. There was a lens flare that I was like, where the fuck is that even coming from? Like, there's no light in the shot for well, there he, to be a flare. But like, because the, uh, the uh, well, I can tell you that just from um, their previous, I, I've worked with the DP who shot uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. And then there's a really great um, American cinematographer uh, podcast where they talk about shooting that. And they were actually like uh, putting mag lights and stuff like on the camera where they're just streaking the lens so you can actually get that streak without having to have a source in the frame. So they could be doing things like that. Yeah, uh, see, I disagree with that as a concept, honestly. You can tell the difference, though, because that's like Star Trek. That's what they're doing in Star Trek, right? That's what take the no, Star yeah, Trek, but, no, Star Trek, they're using prisms. No, in Star Trek, they're sitting there no. with flashlights and yeah, pointing it into the, the lens. They, you can no, see but, but the they, behind they the hit, scenes, they hit a, and they're they literally... Hit a, yeah. They hit they hit a prism uh, on the, the at least the the new series of Discovery I've been watching them they they, they take these prisms and they're I'm just talking about off the JJ the they're yeah, hitting no those. the JJ Abrams the first Star oh, Trek we don't talk yeah. about those <laughs> that's the lens not Star flare Trek. Star Trek's um, man <laughs> yeah the lens flare the JJ Abrams lens flares I'm talking about the you know the new Discovery stuff they're doing that but they're doing it practically I haven't seen with, that at all but um but but what I'm saying is they're doing this stuff on purpose uh it, it's not just like that they went in uh, like. Uh, I, I struggled with it. It took me a lot to watch the movie to get over it to be able to like kind of like settle into it. See, I struggle with it too because it seems more like they're doing it from like the the nerdy like oh let we can do this so we should do that. Not it makes sense for the story or it's somehow like emphasizing some character's emotion or like it. I think he wants it, you to be uncomfortable. Not, wait, I have a question. When do lens flares emphasize the story? Never in Star some- Trek. Uh, so uh, they like just look according to Ryan Deacons, because they they're cool. It's yeah. always because they look cool. And yes. as someone who loves lens flares, I don't have a problem with this. Like put hmm. them in all of your shots. I think it works in this because he's trying to make you feel uneasy. He's trying to make it feel different and 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 like disjointed. 
No, he's not. There's that's like not, that, come on, that's not why he's using those lens flares, man. Like you, you can't say that. Like that whole like uh, tracking shot on Mandy when she's talking about the the fucking starlings. There's a lens flare that makes no sense going two different directions oh, no, where there's he, no fucking he's source. He's the lens constantly. But yeah. it looks cool. It's just, it does look cool, but it looks cool. There's no there's, reason for it. Yeah, there is no reason for it. There's, it's not to you make know what you feel the reason is. I'll tell you what the reason is. It's because I like it. Okay. <laughs> That is that's, this is that's this accurate. is fair. And as as a nerdy <laughs> cinematographer who looks at stuff and says that looks cool as shit, I like that. I can appreciate that. But it, if it doesn't serve the story, if it's, I think it does Here's serve the, the story thing. in this situation. I I agree. I think it always serves the story. Um, but the other thing, <laughs> the other thing though, is that I, I I think like that part of your job as a storyteller. Uh, is to make it fit like if you like for example lens flares you have to make it fit the story and like uh, I don't know as someone who also enjoys lens flares I bought it every single time I didn't question a single lens flare I was like yes that looks nice yes 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 it was it was beautiful I loved it they were doing this stuff where they there's like a plane I I hate behind the scenes that doesn't delve into the shit that I want to see like they, 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 they don't explain so much in the behind the scenes. They're like, oh, this is a really great movie. And this dude's really fucking cool. But like, uh, that's I'm the like, worst behind the scenes. It's not behind yeah. the scenes. That's propaganda. Like, right. that's, that's stuff that the studio is paying for so that they can market it. Show but me the, actual behind the scenes. There's this crazy, like, uh, especially when they're in the house, there's like this layer. It's like there's a pane of glass. Like they have an optical flat in front of the lens. And then somehow that is catching uh, specific, like, shapes. And they're kind of boxes. And and they're just kind of overlaid onto the image, and they kind of. I think that's pop literally the one times. Brian was just talking about. Brian, are you talking about a streak, or are you talking about? I, like... I think the, no, I think that's part of the lens flares package that they're using the digital. <laughs> yeah, dude, where they have those little boxes over here. I've They'll have got like... to find this DP on Instagram and ask him. Be like, bro, <laughs> how much I'm... of that shit was fake? <laughs> no, actually, that's a really great question. You should. I think. I think you should, and report back next week, please. When we did when we did Cabin in the Woods, I reached out to that DP, and he never got back with me. <laughs> well, that's rude. If he doesn't, oh, let no, me it, know, and I can reach out. It was Cabin Fever. I might sorry. get more of a more of a response than you. Yeah, yeah. Know. Oh well, yeah. That's right. Pretty lady can get things done. I understand. Now there were some things that I really ap- appreciated about the lighting. Like every time they were in a car. And like shooting out the back windows, like the entire forest is just lit up in red. Like they clearly they had that? some some lights rigged to the cars. They, to they just rigged a sky panel. Everything. They rigged a sky panel uh, on the back of the cars and blowing red. And they also did on the motorcycles and, and like the ATVs. They yeah. had small little RGB panels uh, blowing red out the back side of those as well. Super fun. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that Love I mean that. that was that was one of the more like trippy ways that they use some lighting in really interesting ways that I thought actually helped serve the story more than some of the pointless lens flares did. Okay, and but I have a question because how did that serve the story? It's making because it so creepy. So that that emphasized number one, the red was the recurring light theme in the entire thing because the red is the color of the blood and the 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 murder and the anger and all of the all of the emotional feelings that he had. And it also made the forest feel significantly more ominous and imposing as he was driving through in his incredibly lonely and frustrated state. And that is probably the most that I've 
cared about anything that happened was just in those entire moments. I was so fucking bored in this movie, guys. You don't understand. Okay, can I tell you, though? Um, so I tried to watch it twice on my television in the living room, and I was super bored the whole time. And then uh, I was like, I actually have to, like, watch this thing so I can talk about it. And so I put it on my laptop <laughs> with my headphones in. And, like, I was so engrossed. Like, I don't know, something about, like, being close up to it and actually, like, hearing them. Uh, because this, the volume in this is, like, so crazy because, first of all, there's not much dialogue at all. And then they go from, like, whispering to, like, yelling. And then they have that awful, like, 80s music playing. And so, like... Oh, come on. Oh, that fucking You know what I'm talking was about. Out, it was so fucking crazy. <laughs> so loud. Yeah. And so, Whoa. I don't yeah. know. My computer yeah. regulated it better than my TV did. Or I don't know how sound works. But it was... I don't know. <laughs> Watching it on my computer, like, was, like... The, I absolutely loved it. Like, if you had asked me, like, after watching it, the two times I attempted in my living room, like I, I hated it. I thought it was the worst and I was dreading it, but like, yeah, I actually really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. It, it took me that it took me three times to watch as well. Fell asleep at the same point on the first two tries. And the third time <laughs> I actually made myself sit there and fucking ingest this film. And I liked it. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, this movie was not for me. Like it's just not as, as a guy who loves coffee, this was not my cup of tea. But was it all the crazy religious shit that no, kind of like scares it just, you? I didn't care about any of the characters. Everything was so fucking slow. Like like the first like nothing happens for the first eighteen minutes of the movie. Like I literally wrote a note. Oh, cool, we're finally eighteen minutes in for something to actually happen. It's building suspense. It's boring. It's so slow. Here's and the, I understand the, all of the reasons <laughs> for it. I just it's just not it didn't work for me. It felt like the whole thing was A, a fever dream, and B like finally someone's opportunity to make a really cool horror movie that they've watched like a million horror movies. And I'm just, it's just not my genre. It's not my jam. And so I didn't understand whatever homages they were trying to make. And I was just like, uh, whatever, whatever audience that this is for, I am not in that audience. It's for the really, audience. Yeah. I thought the first 18 minutes I was, I thought the first <laughs> or the first beginning, whatever, however many minutes was them just like, trying to show that like these are two people who are traumatized who are trying to build a life together and have like sequestered themselves away from the public uh because they just want peace and quiet and so i think that is why the whole beginning was so quiet was to show you how secluded on purpose or how isolated these people are from the rest of society and so when you see these glimpses of the characters that come in later um yeah, it's it's just it's it's just to separate them. Like that's that's it. They don't have friends. They don't have family. They only have each other, and they don't really talk to each other. Because what's there to say when you're with somebody for twenty four hours a day? What's your favorite plan? Forever. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of nice too because they give you a lot of things through visuals too, where like they don't really have to say a lot. Like you just get that abusive backstory with the birds and uh, Mandy's dad and then but you can see like her, her she's got scars on her face one of her pupils is constantly dilated you know it she like it looks like one of her eyes uh it, it, it's like how everyone's eyes is when they're on the LSD in the movie where they they're like fucking pupils just open up how did they do that Brian contact lenses right contact lenses well those contact lenses yeah dude you think was, it's I, the actress I, has like a defect she does not. It's because the same actress that's in, uh, well, she's in Oblivion with Tom Cruise. I know that's a big hit. Everybody's yeah. seen that, right? Come on. Yeah. 
normally with contacts, you can see the edges of the contacts in their eyes and stuff. I guess, the, and, and then they like, might not they have really, it properly. Hmm. Like they did. Well, everybody had these crazy eyes in this, and then there's this really crazy, like when Jeremiah is like tr- basically trying to seduce Mandy, and he gets all up in her face, and we have this like shot that. I guess they must be digitally keeping their eyes open because there's like long ass takes where he never blinks and it cuts to her face and she never blinks and everybody's eyes are just like permanently just wide eyed and fucking open. Because it's drugs. so that's it's cool. So, no, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even mean that like you know, but there's no blinks. Like yeah, no, yeah, it's it's fucking cool and and it, it's weird and it totally sets the tone. And I, I like how he's de- uh, Jeremiah is delivering all that very whispery and just so fucking just wacko um his song sucks so fucking bad though. i know but, that, but that's awesome <laughs> it's, supposed it's, it's awesome it's supposed to yeah he, he's like you know he, he's like there's little homages to all kinds of shit in there that you know that's, She's that's like the, did um, you write that yourself he's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's, put his um, name in the damn song too <laughs> yeah he did. of course he did it's of so course bad. he did uh but uh what's his name the fucking um who charles manson Sorry, oh, Charles yeah, Manson yeah. Was, was also a songwriter. So that's your little homage to him. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of similarities between this guy and uh, Charles Manson. Yeah. But I don't think Charles Manson was fucking everybody. This dude's like fucking everybody. Well, <laughs> like, like we, I don't know. Yeah, dude. No, 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 no. If you, if you, watch, if you watch the if you watch the behind the scenes, I mean, so you watch the deleted scenes, there's a scene with, the, with that guy uh, who, who comes to him. Remember, he's like laying in the bed and he's like, go get me so-and-so. And that guy comes in and he's like, what can I do for you, Jeremiah? And they keep breaking the fucking 180 degree rule right there yeah, constantly. They do. they do this every fucking time. That, that, I couldn't give that up. It's like, okay, do all this flare shit, but quit breaking the fucking rule. No, um, <laughs> no I, I do think that Jeremiah was fucking everybody, but I, I think that's a cult leader cult leader thing they all they they have sex with all the women. Otherwise, what's the point of having them there? I mean, I think they actually did a really great job of showing that the women in this cult are like severely brainwashed and are like even the old woman like at the yeah. end when Nicolas Cage comes to kill her she's like no I'm actually really good in bed because like that's her only value and I thought that was actually really great was how they showed that like these women like aren't aren't worth anything because like uh, it, it, there's this almost like the the reason these cults can get these women is because they teach them that like we value you but like actually I mean they don't like obviously it's a cult but like you know it, it kind of shows you how it's <laughs> most of the time it shows you how they suck them in and like this one is just like no look at all these brainwashed women like I thought that was really it was really great and it's not a perspective that I normally see in movies I thought it was interesting that he, he let the um uh cult member that what was her name uh, i think it was lucy the, the one that plays russian roulette right in front of him oh, yeah i thought it was interesting that he let her live but then he still he kills the well, old lady because the because the, the, um i actually remembered that but because when when mandy's being burned in the um uh what is that she's like in some kind of bag or like a sleeping bag or something and she's like hung up in a sw- you know, swing set and they like set her on fire they cut to everybody's reaction and she's the only one of the cult people who seems turned off by it I don't know. Jeremiah seemed a little. He seemed disturbed by that. He had a weird he, expression he, on his face. He did. He did. He had a weird, like you know, look there. I don't know what that. He was taking in her energy. <laughs> well, that's a deleted scene too. 
That is a deleted scene, yeah, where they where they, they fight over who, who actually got the energy off of her. Fucking brother swan. Uh, well, off of the de- off of Mandy when yeah. she died. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. So like you know, apparently he's like he's like he's like no, I'm the one who took her energy. He's like it wasn't you. And he's like but and then he's like but I still love you though. Like and that's where you see their weird fucked up relationship, you know. But even which you can see that when he's like lying in that in that fucking bunk bed and everybody's like catering to him, dude just like puts his hands around that dude's face. He's just like so, you know, it's just awkward and weird. Yeah, I actually like I, I wouldn't like him like I wouldn't like Jeremiah having sex with all the members because it seems like he purposefully wants the women. Like he it's this weird like I don't know this 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 movie does like even like how we treat Mandy as a character is is very bizarre. Like everybody wants her, she has this weird aura around her, and but she's not like oh yeah that, what you would that blue like surrounding aura when they cut her on that one. What trippy shot? Like, like, why do all these characters like her? Like her, she's she's got a scarred face. Her, like, she's got this one bad eye. She's nowhere what you would typically think of in terms of like being beautiful. But every man wants her in this movie. I would say it. Just, I I think it's I think everyone wants her just because she is so happy to ignore them, and so there's an allure there of where she's like no i'm good like you go do your thing i'm good and everyone's like no i need to control that okay i like it's a defense mechanism for like uh whatever her past traumas were is that yeah so she has like a defense mechanism where that's why she's like so secluded in the forest with nicholas cage she has trauma issues and that's how she's coming out is like by pushing people away and when you push people away like normal healthy people are like okay never mind then but like <clears throat> insecure cult leaders for example would be like wait a minute <laughs> why don't you want me because i need to have you and so i i i kind of bought it i i thought it was a really interesting power dynamic you're not laughing at the size of my penis, right? Please. <laughs> You're laughing at the song, right? It's definitely not because I just wrote. <laughs> I like how like when he, he like he like pulls his dick out there and he's all like get his arms all back and then he just starts like rubbing on his thighs. He's like, "Yeah, look at it." <laughs> <laughs> he's just doing it with, like the tips of his fingers. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking weird, man. And everybody else is all laid out in a fucking like ketamine fucking trip or whatever, just behind him. Just don't look at me. I thought that, I thought that scene was great, and I actually it it didn't it didn't work the entire time, but I loved that how like they zoomed it on his face and like the face changed, and sometimes his mouth was moving and sometimes it wasn't, and the eyes would change and like all of that, you know, to show how fucked up she was. Like I thought, I thought that was amazing. I loved that. Yeah, it was cool. I like that tracer effect too when she's laughing and you get like her head goes oh, down. Yeah, and you can yeah, still yeah, see her yeah. laughing behind her. That's cool. How does that work? Like you know, we have basically where she turns, her face kind of sticks for a second, like a blue haze. Like you, you just, I need that. I need that plug in, Brian. No, no, you, you, <laughs> you just take the footage, you duplicate it, you move it yeah. down on the timeline, and then you drop your opacity. Really? So, so just a couple frames. It's that simple, off. Jared. Holy shit! And then you can retime some of it if you need to. It's so it's it's a really interesting like double exposure sort of faking it kind of thing. Well, they did a good job. It's it's really cool looking. We're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna play the uh, commercial for the Cheddar Goblin. I mean, I'm sorry, the trailer for Mandy. <laughs> Cheddar Goblin, and we'll be back. Under the crimson primordial sky. 
reached into the dark embrace. His fist closed around the serpent's eye. Strange and eternal. What you gonna do with that thing? We're going hunting. So what you hunting? It's crazy evil! You think you're so in love? I'll show you love. Oh man, they wronged you. Ah! Ah! the cosmic darkness. It glowed from within, strange and eternal. All right, we're back. That was a trailer. For Mandy, that was a fucking amazing trailer. I love that trailer. This is a great trailer. That trailer is awesome. And it reminded me that the title card for Mandy doesn't show up until like over an hour into the movie. <laughs> yeah. Longest intro ever. I thought I was watching the wrong movie because it has a title of like Shadow of Darkness or whatever it is. And I was like, wait a minute. Did I like click the wrong The Shadow thing? Mountain. Yeah, whatever it is. Oh, but back, but the trailer, like, I remember when this trailer came out, uh, and it freaked me out, and I was like, I'm never watching this movie ever. And so when you guys said it, like, I didn't associate it with the trailer, because it's just, like, the name Mandy. And honestly, I thought of Mandy more. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> What if she was what? Mandy? <laughs> oh, man. It's true. That would have been a whole other level. You'd want to kill her, right? I could see it. No, I think it would be great, actually. She's she's wonderful. She's a great she human being. <laughs> it was. We had, a, we had a Mandy fan in here. But I'm so sorry. I actually, no, I actually, um, I remember liking her. I actually don't remember anything she did, but I remember liking her a lot when I was, you know, 15 you don't remember her walk? years old. Yeah. <laughs> her, her walk was not so memorable. A walk, a walk to remember. Yeah, I didn't see that. Didn't see oh, that. that's a good one. I did like that movie. All right, we're getting off topic. The point is... <laughs> We're just Shut discussing up, quality. No, no, that, that's, okay. that's a, uh... no, Kristen, keep going, keep going, please. Let's get away from don't, this. Don't Mandy let the details. <laughs> many more. The point is, I uh, now that I've seen the movie, I really enjoyed the trailer. But like, I know the trailer totally freaked me out a few years ago, or whenever it came out. It was a few years ago, right? Yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I'm, I'm, ne- I would never watch this. But I'm so glad that I did because it was great. 
<laughs> the trailer makes it seem way more action packed and exciting than the film actually is. Which is, I think, why I enjoyed it because I didn't want to watch some like all of the all of the, there's so much creepy and like action and like all all of this and the movie in the trailer and in the movie it's like very suspenseful but I feel like it's very well paced and it's it's not like the mm-hmm. I feel like the trailer like makes it seem like there's like constant like action and jump scares and like all of this and like I hate I hate stuff like that. Is this there- film well paced? No. I enjoyed it. There was a really good 50-minute movie in this film. All right. Okay. No. Je- but that's kind of the style of the movie, and they are very methodical with their their pacing here. Like, yeah, they it, are. It, it never goes off tone. It's constantly on brand the entire movie. I would this say that's – It's very – if you didn't like it, that's one thing, but it's – they had a purpose. Like, there was a plan, and they followed through, and it was very well executed. I mean, you could not like the pace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a you think though. They did a good job, so like you cannot like it. No, see? that's the, and that's a hundred percent where I am. This is just it's just not my jam. Like they they executed their very specific vision was well executed. It's just it's just not my cup of tea. It's the same thing. Like when you watch a Lynch movie, you know, you watch Mulholland Drive. You're like, what what what's up with this guy in the cowboy hat out here? And why are we flipping all of a sudden? Like we're different characters. Like what the hell's going on? I mean. It's kind of one of those movies where you have to be like super into it because if you are not or if you're paying attention to something else or if you're like me and you're doing crafts while you watch movies, <laughs> then like <laughs> uh, it's easy to just be like, what the fuck is this? I think it's one of those that you have to like really pay attention to and really get invested in. In order, agree. in order to enjoy it, yeah. if you don't do that, it's like it's like Hitchcock movies. Like if you're not paying attention, they're fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, you know, she's yeah. totally speaking the truth. I was about to say you can't say that's not true, Brian. Well, yeah, but, but I mean they're visual <laughs> movies though, so I mean you know you kind of need to use your eyeballs. Yeah, but that's that's true for literally any movie, though. Like that's not true. No, <laughs> no I hardly, I don't watch a lot of movies like with my eyeballs. Like I'm doing other things while movies are on, and I can enjoy them. Like that's it's not TV. Yeah, that's yeah. not what this is. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't watch a lot of those movies. If you at most of the movies that I enjoy watching, if you don't need to watch it, then I, I'm like, what's the point of watching it? Um, because the dialogue yeah. is amazing, and you yeah. don't have to sit there and look at somebody move their mouth to hear them. I kind of feel that way about Love Actually. So you, you like know? Aaron Sorkin movies? I agree. I don't, I don't. I don't know. It's an Aaron Sorkin movie. Just all dialogue. I mean, probably, but well, like, is it good dialogue? Like, I don't. If it's I don't made know, by David Fincher and it's the Social Network, yeah, David Fincher's yeah. one <laughs> Aaron Sorkin movie. Yes, it's a really good movie. I, well, I, I like that uh, that one he directed with uh, Jessica Chastain as well. Uh, Molly's Game. That was really good. Oh, that was really that good. Was really I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, had a, that had a really obviously solid script, but that was a good directorial debut. And you don't have to pay attention to it because I watched it with my dad and he talked through the whole movie. So I still enjoyed it <laughs> while he was talking. Your dad's one Dang. of those guys. Is he, is he asking questions like, wait, 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 now what's happening here? Or is he like yeah. talking about other shit? Both. So he'll talk about other shit and then be like, wait a minute, what happened? What just happened? Did you such wait, what did she say? Don't rewind it. Don't rewind it. Just tell me. I love those people who were like, who were like oh my God, wait, wait, what's, who, who is this person? I'm like, just watch it. Who is this person? I don't know either. I am also watching it for the first time. Fuck up and watch it. Oh my gosh, please tell me what's happening. I'm one of those people, I'm telling you, I will pause it and be like, all right, look, we can talk. That's awesome, but we need. To, but like, if we're gonna watch it, we're gonna watch it. So 
you could shut the fuck up. Oh, I'm one of those people that if <laughs> if I actually care what's happening in the movie, like if I want to watch it, I'm like, you're gonna stop talking. I mean, or I'm gonna watch this later, and we can watch something totally different. That's what I'm saying. Let's happen. put on something fun, and then we could talk over it. But if we're trying to watch, that's Mandy, why I don't watch <laughs> movies with my mom. I can't do it anymore. I can't watch movies with my mom because she won't watch anything that I'm, I want to watch. I'm like, Mom, you want to see Mandy? And she's like, Oh God, no. <laughs> Who's this Mandy girl? My mom would totally watch this film with me. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Hey, Mrs. Elkins. <laughs> Blood-soaked Nicolas Cage, yeah. Dude, speaking of blood-soaked Mi- Nicolas Cage. Chewing on some barbed wire. Bro, holy fuck. How is he not just like, oh, that's so crazy. And who knew his lips were th- so thick? Uh, <laughs> so many close-ups of his mouth. But um, it, I, I love. It's all the injections. Oh, you think he's doing lip injections? Oh, somebody thinks he's done some work. Wow, and the know. savage strikes I, again. I thought he looked. I thought he looked pretty good. Oh man, she's always on point. Um, but uh, I thought he looked pretty good in this. You know, um, uh, I, I like him at the end when he's like driving the car and, and the, he's like tripping balls. And like he looks yeah. over at her, and, and like he sees her, he he feels he feels like he's he's like you know he's 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 done his task, and he's done this all for her. And he looks over, and there's this whole minute uh, moment with them. They're driving off into the sunset together, like you know, like you're supposed to end a movie. Uh, you know, but like <laughs> you see like her, she's all like as she should be and it cuts back to him and he's all clean cut and everything. And then like it cuts back and he's fucking like total crazed out, covered in blood, doing the Nicolas Cage fucking straight up fucking like mean mugging the camera. And I it's like that. a crazy wide lens from like the other side of the car. That's like it has to clearly not be the actual car because it's so wide yeah. lens it's a, that's it's, a really good shot right there, it's yeah. a really badass shot and you see all the woods going by and he's not even looking while he's driving yeah. i'm like yeah you're expecting him to like hit something a hundred percent or i was waiting for that girl he let go to come out of the back seat and fucking stab him in the throat oh really you and thought that was gonna happen cut to black no i was just like i was like all right all right all right like are we gonna let this girl get away is she about to pop up you know i mean you know because that would be a great moment for her to be hidden in the back seat i kept waiting for them to reveal that like he stayed in the church and burned up and like that's why oh, he was like he he killed himself yeah and that's why like he was seeing mandy again but they never do it instead they go up to the i don't know the planet i love the shot of that church when when it, uh when he when he uh when they're walking back and when he when he's leaving oh and you can silhouette. see it all burning oh it's so fucking cool that is cool. and i like how the church isn't finished so when the first time you go there you're like looking through and you can see the stars kind of coming up through there and it's all and when you go inside of it you can see out of the roof it's so fucking cool looking it's really cool. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. The, the, the fucking sets are straight up badass. And all the symmetry of the way that the, the canyon looks with the with the top of the triangle. And they, they do a lot of that with the framing in this. Like when Jeremiah's like talking to Mandy, uh, the, the beams of the of the ceiling, they, they create these like, you know, leading lines that go straight down to his, mm-hmm. his face, making it look oh. like he's got a crown of like, you know, like 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 he is a fucking like like a. Um, like like he's a man of Christ or whatever. He's got that like halo around his head. Yeah, like a saint. Yeah, they had like the the, the beams, the the the, the yeah. rays of light that beating really out of their cool. head. That yeah. was totally framed like that. There, um, very cool looking. No, I, I agree. All of the visual stuff, especially at the end, was absolutely amazing. The only, the actually probably my biggest complaint about this movie is that whether he's dead or just tripping on balls, when he is finally reunited <laughs> with Mandy at the end, I was like is heaven in a club like why is that oh i think that was i think it was supposed to be like the first time they met yeah or the first time he like ever saw her or something like that yeah that was a flashback i was just like is this like your 
Well, okay, because he takes her, like, in the car, and so I was, like, assuming, like, he was reunited with her, like, through death, not in, oh. like, the first memory. I did not read it that way. But See, I don't think he's I, dead I because it cuts saying. to him. Because it cuts to him now, and he's all, like, bloodied up. And That's why I was thinking he was tripping, though. He specifically said, you cut my favorite shirt, and then they cut to him. The, this flashback of him meeting her for the first time, he's wearing that shirt. So, of course, it's his favorite shirt, because he was wearing it when he met her for the first time. Oh, that's um, so cheesy. Yes. Do you think that pretentious the, oh, yeah. and cheesy, uh, a.k.a. this movie. You know, pretentious is, is a really strong word for this movie, because it, it is very... But... um you know, speaking of that shirt, that on the, on the shirt is the number forty four, and then I noticed that the book that she's reading, uh, and that really, you know, when it cuts to her and she's like sitting at the table in the in the house and she's reading a book, it's pages forty uh, forty three, uh, sorry forty two and forty three. Oh, the one she's voiceover narrating. Yeah, so the page on the left is forty two, and the page on the right is forty three, and then her shirt huh. is forty four in the next scene. Mm. What's happening there? Like, you know, I, that has to be on purpose with this dude. Man, like, you know, dude, like, I don't know. That That's one thing I struggled with my first time watching the movie. Like, when I got done, or e- just even, like, an hour into the film, it's like, man, there's so much amazing visual stuff here. The plot is so simple. What the fuck am I missing? What is the symbolism and what are these metaphors? Like, what is going over my head? Because, dude, this just all looks like very surface-level shit to be cool. I think it is that Brian. Yeah, like th- this. This is this is a uh, this is a, a famous filmmaker's son who gets to play in the sandbox and and really like really like exercise. Imagine if you could do this for your first for your second film, where where you could just you know you play with these amazing actors who 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 are down. Nicholas Cage is a hundred percent fucking down to do this movie. Yeah. yeah, but see that that's my problem with this film is is it seems. It seems like everything is everything is handled with the weight of there's intense symbolism. There, this is more important. This is a, a reference to something else that maybe you're just not smart enough to get. But it just all comes off as no, you're just making things for the sake of coolness. And okay, that's fine. But like I'm, I I also felt the same way, Brian. Like what am I just? I'm am I just missing like literally everything while I'm sitting here doing nothing but paying attention to this film? I don't. I I just felt like the entire time I was missing something. Yeah, no. My my first viewing I, when I when I got done watching, I was like, man, that is some pretentious horse shit. And then you did know, you finish it? Thank you. I did. No, no. I said, did you fi- did you finish it on your first viewing, Brian? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I I'd seen the trailer, so I was like, I was waiting for the fucking chainsaw battle, and I was uh, like, okay. when, when, right. when is shit getting crazy? Because I know I went in cold. I didn't watch anything on it. Yeah. Tried it. Actually, the, my, my first impression was you tell you we had a phone conversation and you were like, "I don't know if this is just pretentious bullshit or am I missing something?" It's basically what you just said. You know, you, you were like, "I just, I just don't know." Uh, you know, is there more? And I, so I went in thinking, "Okay, so this is going to be some pretentious shit." And I had seen his previous film, so I kind of knew the style. But but I, it is pretentious. It's over the fucking top. But I do think that I, I see his point of view and I see what he's trying to do and, and I think it works. It it does put you in, in the mind frame and of, of unease and, and all the weirdness. I mean it doesn't necessarily make sense. It's just a cool fucking ride. So I love going to art museums and looking at different art pieces and one of my favorite things is to try and guess what the fuck is happening because <laughs> I don't know if you've gone to art museums but they don't explain shit to you. You just have to like figure it out yourself. 
And so I kind of feel like that's what this movie is. It's like this amazing piece of art that you're just like, what the fuck is this? And it's so much fun to sit and dissect and try and figure it out. And you can assign meaning to everything. Like there's so much symbolism there. And it sure, it would be nice if they give you a handy little guide and you'd be like, oh, this means that. And you can feel smarter. But I think part of the fun of art is that everyone can look at it and glean something for themselves. It, they can apply it to their own history in their own life and their own meaning and i think i think this i think this film does that and it's really interesting because it's this <laughs> it's like a revenge slasher horror thing which i hate all of those genres uh, but actually <laughs> it's true Don't it's go true break I my do. Heart. Fair. Fair. well all right uh, but uh, I love this. I think I think it works really, really well. I think there's so many different takeaways. And if your thing is revenge slasher horror movies, like they got you. Like you can still watch this and enjoy it. Like there's, so, I feel, like, I, I mean, like I actually think like this is, I don't know. I yeah, I, I think there's something in here for everybody, and it, it it's it's just sort of how you want to interpret it, and it. It has. It's so open ended that everyone can kind of see themselves in it. I, you know, I, I, I agree with that. I, you know, yeah. That that is, I guess, why why it's special. That's why we're having the, these conversations tonight. So, to be fair, like that was first viewing. It does come off a little pretentious, and like I'm not going to argue with anybody that says it. It is pretentious because I no, I, I get it, I get it. But repeat viewing, it, it does feel a lot more like it's in the exploitation genre, and it's just. It's just wearing everything on his sleeve. It's just all the passion and just everything that the director loves all kind of mashed together and be damned if it makes sense. Like, who cares? This may be the only time he gets to make a, a fucking movie. Who knows? <laughs> you know? I noticed he didn't have anything else going. Well, there has been a pandemic since he made that film. Well, his name is Panos. Um, the budget was $6 million and it only made $1.5 mm-hmm. in the box office. Um, I don't have v- I couldn't. I couldn't find the VOD sales. Um, that's how I saw it originally. Uh, I was just like renting it on demand. But I think it's created an audience after the fact. I've, I've heard about this film so many times, but I've yet to see it until this. I think it's been making some money since. He'll make another movie. It'll happen. I don't. You know, like I hope, I hope he gets at least a budget of six million <laughs> again. <laughs> I mean, like, like six million doesn't really get you that far. Like, I have fucking hold on. I'm trying to find this quote. It just blew my mind. Oh, he, he said like uh, he said on Blade Runner, Ridley Scott said uh, darkness and rain were his ally. <laughs> he said we couldn't afford rain. Darkness was a big ally in making the film. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Can't afford fucking rain. It's six million dollars. You can't afford rain tower. <laughs> Wonder how much um, Cage got out of that six mil. Probably two, one or two at least. I don't know. Let's go. Let's go ask uh, Elijah Wood. <laughs> well, what's interesting is they didn't he really want. It, right? Yeah, he was one of the producers, but they um, they didn't want Cage to play Red. They wanted him to be Jeremiah, which is very interesting. Um, and that would kind of like been great, actually. Yeah, but he asked for that instead, and then they kind of like kind of molded over and decided that yeah, that would be kind of cool. And then so we got what we got. Can you imagine like like you got six million dollars, man, and like you got Nicolas Cage coming to you telling you he, he wants the lead? Like, who the fuck are you gonna get better than Nicolas Cage for six million? Well, they probably, I mean, that was probably the thing was they could only afford him to do a minor role like Jeremiah. And so, I mean, yeah. Well, no, he, he like straight up came at him. He's like, no, I want the red role. 
No, the, no, I'm sure he did, but like the they probably like, couldn't even no. afford. Uh, well. Yeah, I mean, also, like, I mean, it is Nicolas Cage, so like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> didn't uh, he wasn't on a hunt streak at this moment? He's still a great actor, though. Touche. He's fine. He's and fine. He, I, well, I, so I I read that he apparently, right as this as filming for this started, he broke up with his wife of like thirteen years. Like she served him divorce papers or some crazy shit. Like like as they were starting to film this, and so he just channeled all of that rage and emotion and feeling into this character. And that, she should have waited till after because she'd have made an extra million. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> a lot of sense, man. <laughs> uh, Christy, what, what, what did you think of these uh, these costumes? Especially uh, Jeremiah's... Channeling uh, some serious 1983 jams, man. I thought you were going to talk about the, guy, the, the demon guy who's got a blade for a dick. Oh. <laughs> Literally fucks the carpet as he's dying. <laughs> that's a that's an amazing the all the blood goes in that dude's fucking Nicolas Cage's face. <laughs> and he he just like takes it and he starts he smiling. He's the, like, yeah. yeah. That's another one of those cage moments. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead, Christian. I'm sorry. But the costumes. <laughs> uh no, actually I didn't really like the costumes. It looked like everyone was on someone was on like a budget and not like in a good way, because like yeah, I mean it it looked it looked like like somebody just like went to like the dollar store and picked up a bunch of like crap and um it worked cuz it was like a poor town in like 1983 but like I mean you can you can have something like a 1983 um impoverished town in Mars or whatever the fuck and like <laughs> make it look stylized like i don't know i i thought it was super boring i did not enjoy any of the costumes and then like and that was the thing was that they were like well let's spice this up and like they went and put people in like latex suits and i was just like eh, i don't know i wasn't i didn't enjoy it yeah i didn't, I didn't like nicholas cage's like uh vest that he was wearing i guess like was that supposed to be some kind of body armor or was that just no, no. a vest it, it was one of the biker guys he took it from them yeah, I know, but like, was it body I mean, no, armor or was it, it just yeah, a biker it was just vest? Like leather. There's, oh. No, it seemed there seemed to be implication that it was body armor because he was definitely keen on picking it back up again. I mean, psychologically, it was body armor, but like, was it actually? <laughs> no, it was leather from whatever the animals on whatever the planet that is. You know, it's stronger than you know, standard leather. That, I feel like this is my biggest. Actually, my biggest critique of the movie is that it's so amazing visually throughout most of most of the movie and then you have like like random shit like the costumes are shit and like the like the demon guys like show up on like what is it like atvs or whatever the fuck and you're just like really? yeah yeah that was kind of weird well like, most of them were, were motorcycles but you're right there was like a what was that some like four-wheelers yeah, what, yeah was the four-wheelers the four-wheelers yeah. yeah i was just like like I could see some dude like sitting there and be like, you know, it was really cool. <laughs> like no, like Shabra. it looks just so stupid. Like I hate it. I hate because the rest of the movie looks so cool. Like why did you do that? I don't know. Brian, exactly what she's saying. Do you remember what, what was that James Bond movie where they showed up on three wheelers and they're like they're jumping all the dunes and stuff? It, oh, it's that uh, diamonds it's are that, forever. Yeah, it reminded me of that. It just like made me yeah. feel. I was like, "This is stupid." <laughs> <laughs> James Bond's running around in the moon buggy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it was cutting edge back in the 70s, dude. That's what I'm saying. No one had ever seen that. But but now we've, we've seen four-wheelers. We know what they look like. They look silly. But that gives it, that does give it that Mad Max vibe. Yeah, I mean. No, but Brian was talking. Yeah, you know, talking about that how, like, is true, yeah. Like, no. this thing has so many homages to so many little things. You I, know? Get, no. I get what you're saying, but I don't think they pulled it off. The, the, on the behind the scenes, they actually showed some concept art. And that was one of the concept art, is they had these guys in these leather fucking, like, spiky outfits looking like sex demons, um, you know, Cinebites. on motorbikes. Yeah, no, Cinebites, basically. I, I get yeah. that. I do think someone Cinebites. came up no with this idea. Like, I get, I get <laughs> that someone thought of this, but I don't think it plays well <laughs> at all. I think it looks really bad. But you know what I do like? Um, you know, they had the whole, like, sex demon thing in Pulp Fiction, and I enjoyed that with the <laughs> Gimp. Like, there's a way to do it, but this is not how you do it. I did not enjoy this. You know, most of them I didn't get, but I, I did like the spiky guy. The one that was wearing the, the baby hell, face. The Hellraiser dude? Yeah. yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I liked I him, but the the baby face and then whatever the, the bag the bag face head was that he fought <laughs> at the end with the battle axe. Oh, what the hell yeah. was he even wearing on his face? Couldn't even tell. I think if you're going to do that and go and have such like – crazy costumes the rest of the costumes need to be stylized they just looked so out of place because everyone else looked like they like picked up their clothes at like walgreens do you know what i'm saying like nobody (laughs) like where did these other guys shop did you only have two stores like it doesn't make sense in the world that they live in that you have like the sex demons and everybody else who's wearing like cast off like 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 it's i don't even know the right word like dirty thrift store clothes like not even like fun thrift store bring your own wardrobe yeah no like that's kind of what it looked like like what's the rattiest thing that you own please bring it except for you guys we're gonna put you in latex stuff (laughs) it's like it just doesn't it doesn't i don't buy it it doesn't work for me all of jeremiah's fucking like you know his congregation seems to be a little on the slow side like they're straight up hillbillies (laughs) Oh my like, god! He's not—he's he's, not—he's not picking the cream of the crop here to to come and be uh, part of his, uh, you know, congregation. Mullet dude's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I get—I get what you're saying. I just when you—I don't know the the two extre- I feel like they were just too extreme to really coexist in the same like m- Mars planet thing. Like, because like again, where are they shopping on Mars? Mars Mart. No, you have know. Mars Mart, and then like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the clever. Emma Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just delivered. Emma <laughs> Mars on. Mars is on. All right, we got to copyright that right now. So when they <laughs> open up, <laughs> it's terrible. Don't copyright it. But you know, tie it to this film. It might make. You heard it here first. No, I was going to say on the costumes, like that's the thing is like it looks it it seems like with everybody, they were trying so hard to make it seem like they were on Earth. And then you have like the sex demons. And that's like your first hint that like you're not in like a normal uh, sort of environment. But at the same time, like I said, it doesn't really fit the it doesn't really fit the world. Uh, I think if you're going to have. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I would say unless it does, unless those things are not real. And that it's all the drugs that, like, you know, you're seeing the manif- manifestation of 
that person's evil. No, but Nicolas Cage and them, they Let's haven't done drugs yet. Let's not shame people. Let's not kink shame people. Why wow. does that... <laughs> Let them dress how they want. They're not evil for dressing that way. I know. Let's, they're let's speaking not like this. You know, like, <laughs> there must be a blood sacrifice. You know, they're fucking... Like, they're, they're like... No, They're you, like the demonic side of Jeremiah's like you, religion. You take <laughs> drugs and you want to like wear like BDSM clothing. Like that's not okay. Let's, let's hold on. No, no, no. Let's, let's not do that. Let's. You're allowed to wear whatever you want as long as everyone's a consenting adult. Okay, like we're not. And do mountains of cocaine. Sure. Like just sitting around just consenting <laughs> adults. Just, oh. And your gray sauce. You didn't steal. LSD. And you don't have an addiction problem. Do whatever you want. It's fine. It's LSD in a mayonnaise jar, so you can just smear it on your toast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's silver, so you don't get it rigged, mixed up with the regular mayonnaise. That's right. That's right. This is the special mayonnaise. Oh, no, kids. Not that one. <laughs> that's the real Miracle Whip. <laughs> the tangy zip. <laughs> you know, I was just looking at Panos Cosmatos on, um, on the IMDb. He just never looks happy. He's, you know, his, his beard. I feel like hides a lot of his face. He gets paid a lot to have that face. It's fine. Like, like he's just like, yeah, I'm an artist. It's like, look at Griggs right now. Is he happy? Is he sad? I don't know. Uh, talking about well, this. Well, we're film. still talking about this. Uh, film. Exactly, exactly. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> notice how quiet I've been for most of this last half. I've, I don't know. I've, I thought you. I don't have a whole lot. Bit. I don't have a whole lot to say that that feels remotely positive. The Cheddar Goblin was probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> I love seeing a goblin vomit very cheesy macaroni on children <laughs> while they're like, yeah! who are ecstatic to freaking Fuck eat that yeah, shit. we're getting macaroni. <laughs> Extra, like 30% more cheesy than the standard brand. Your brand you has, wasn't vomiting out of a freaking goblin. <laughs> you got to go cheese. with the green box, not the blue box. Oh. <laughs> but so I, I like the shot of the goblin. Where it's like down in the macaroni and then it like starts poking its head up, you know, and it's all creepy. It's fucking awesome. That, that, that it just nails how like creepy it is. Even though he look, does look like a gremlin. Or a ghoulie. Oh, yeah. I think I was reading somewhere. That's what they took the design from that, the ghoulies poster. Which I don't. That's cool. I don't think that ghoulie is actually in the movie Ghoulies, though. We have ratings here, guys? I feel like Mike should just kick us off. I mean, I was I... actually thinking the same thing. <laughs> Um. All right. I'm gonna start with a. F- I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna give it a six. Um, Wait. Up. up? Feels what do you mean up? Up, up from what? Up from the, up from a from two. The f- <laughs> from- <laughs> <laughs> you guys have talked me into a six. Oh, that's good. Um, this movie is just fucking pretentious, man. Like, like I, I. The whole time I was like, I just don't feel like I'm in on the joke. Like I don't. Like I, wh- I'm not part of the audience that this is meant for. Or I'm not a critic that just watches like three movies a day every day for my job and so gets excited when there's like a singular vision that's something different. I don't know. Like just it just wasn't my jam. There was a lot of things that were really good about this film that I, I as a person, I enjoy being positive, And so I will try to be positive in my six review. Um, Nicolas Cage was fucking fantastic. All of his... Um, like two, three minute long single takes. He he just goes to town. Um, I never didn't believe his character. He was a delight to watch in this very depressingly slow, boring film. 
Um, wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Wow. Uh, Some it. of the shots in this were really fun. Um, I, I did start to almost make a game out of, like, when is the next time we're going to see, like, a crystal in front of the lens so that we can have a random flare that's just sitting there for an entire scene that doesn't make sense. Um, I did enjoy the lighting when they were in the forests and all, like I mentioned earlier, the let's, let's put a giant light on the back of every car so that the whole forest from like 50 feet up is lit. That was super fun. Uh, that's not something that I've seen before. Um, I do kind of wish I had watched a higher resolution version because my DVD transfer was just just terrible um everything looked like shit like really really like shit like to the point that i was questioning the cinematographer um uh, apparently not appropriately so i'll leave that to you guys to review but um yeah man if like if, if this felt like it was somebody read a shit ton of 1980s novels um and then was like how do i make a movie that is just channeling all of those um novels where somebody goes and finds a crystal and pulls it out of another person's corpse and let's just make a whole movie that is that vibe for two hours straight and if that's the vibe that you enjoy then this is your fucking shit and you should watch this like 15 times because it's delightful um i (laughs) never got into those novels uh, so this was just not my cup of tea i you know before we go any further i i I do want to point out that uh, Grigsy may, may be on the audience score side here uh, of Mandy. The tomato meter for critics, 90%. Audience score, 66. It's a pretty big difference. Yeah, that feels, that feels very, very accurate to my, my jam, to my vibe, because this feels like the kind of movie critics would just jizz for. Really? Uh, like, like. Absolutely. Usually, critics this, fucking hate horror films or revenge movies. No, but yeah, this no, is, but they they see but it's, it. It's so yeah, they, unique. They it, I though. will give it that. It's this is a very unique film, and critics always just flip their shit for, like, oh, I've never seen anything like this, and and I, you know, usually you are too, Grigsy. I know. I, I'm actually. <laughs> I was just thinking that. So Griggs is kind of like a little opposite what he should be on this, but like, but. Yeah, it's it's interesting. He's playing differently. Hmm. I don't I don't I don't know. I can't. I go with my gut. I go with what I feel. I, I totally get it. And you know, I had the exact same feeling. Like you know, it, it took me a little bit to get into this, but having a little bit of um, past knowledge with this director, uh, I kind of knew what he was trying to do. And I really see I see what he's trying to do. And I, I, I there's a lot of thought that went into to these images that he's trying to create. And it's kind of like as 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 a filmmaker, you know, we we try to like take these tools that we have and, and and we try to make the most perfect image that we can and make it look as pretty as we can but in this situation they're fucking it up but on purpose it, it, it's you know e- even down to probably breaking the fucking line which is the only reason I'm going to go down one point on this whole fucking movie is because they broke the line like three times and just blatantly like so, it's like they were slapping their big fucking breaking the line dick on my face going like you're gonna fucking like this <laughs> oh hold up though and, because no, but th- th- this is a 180 <laughs> break though this this is literally the reason that hitchcock breaks the 180 those are moments no of, no those are moments of tension and they are particularly yep. calling out at least the, the i only saw two i did not see three 
I, I, was, I was saying three just because I was trying to be mad, but I do remember two. Uh, yeah, I remember two. Um, <laughs> and and, and they're really trying to freak you out, and they're putting you on edge in both of those scenes in a very subtle okay, way. Okay, so yet again, yet again, like that's it. He's taking his big fucking breaking the 180 dick and like smacking me on the face with it, going, you're going to enjoy this because <laughs> I'm trying to make you feel uncomfortable. But like, because just the way I am with overexposing things, doing some weird fucking shit with like, for some reason, the, the highlights have more grain than the shadows. I don't know how the fuck they're doing that, I, it, but it's really weird. Even down to like the promotional art, you look at it, the highlights are more grainy than the shadows, which is opposite than what would normally happen. I think it's a little um, bit of that color grading and then them adding digital flares on top of real flares, and then they're boosting the flares on top of it. Well, th- what's really interesting is if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff and they show you, I'm sorry, the, uh, the deleted scenes, some of those scenes aren't graded. So you're actually looking at the log footage a little bit. Oh, and damn, I, was, I wish I'd watch it now. And I was looking at it going, whoa, there's a lot of post-processing going on here. Yeah. There's a lot of post-processing now. Yeah. Um, but w- which is different from his last film where he did try, they tried to do most of the shit in camera. By like, and then by doing different types of like uh, developing processes and pushing the film and post and you know doing all this shit like you know on the analog side. So if you want to see more of an analog take on this style, which which I think I told Brian, I said I think that the film looks better to me because it's it's all it's not digital. This feels digital to me. Well, look, let me ask you, you cinematographers here, a question. Um, I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure sure on, but. So I, I know that they were like in terms of like shooting schedules, like like the fight scenes, the chainsaw fight and the uh, the axe fight. They only had like one night per scene. Correct. Yeah, per scene. Yeah. So, yeah, is that just like, oh, we'll just we'll just kind of keep it fast and loose and we'll do all this stuff in digital. and We'll cr- crush it down later and we'll add some flares here later. I, is they... that just speeding things up? From just w- watching it, they did. They normally what you would do per angle, you would actually relight. Uh, you know, you know. So the light, like, lighting doesn't necessarily have to match. It seems like that situation on the behind the scenes stuff. Watching it, how they lit it, they just basically just fucking lit it. And then they had. Uh, he mentioned how they were shooting things down to the millimeter, so they knew that from this angle, we're going to take it from here to here. Which also lends to why it feels like when that when the chain gets thrown at that dude and it wraps around his neck, he's standing there waiting on it. It's because he was. It's because they were knocking off their fucking shot list, so they weren't oh, yeah. capturing moments. They were ca- they they were going down their laundry list and knocking shit off. So I think that's why some things in the film feel a little regimented sometimes. And it feels a little easy. Like when he goes into the fucking house and he, after he does that giant fucking bump of cocaine, he just so happens to come across, he opens a cabinet and finds, you know, his fuck, he sees his axe up on the wall. He opens a cabinet and finds his fucking like crossbow. All these things just seem to fall in place. It's like set it up and knock it down. It's not about the story. It's about getting there. Yeah. I mean this, yeah, that, that, that's where experienced directors or, or directors who know how to stage a scene like Scorsese or George Miller, that's where those kinds of guys really freaking shine is is these oh, we don't have a whole lot of time so your cinematographer doesn't necessarily like okay i need to relight for every shot you set up you set up your lighting and you say all right play in this space and wherever we need to shoot we can shoot because i've lit it for that specific thing that's a decision that you make in pre-production knowing how much time you're going to have to dedicate it or you make it the night before because you realize how fucking late you are and you don't have any time to do it <laughs> So the, so these are decisions that can be made before you go into it, and then you change your style. Some of the what what to answer your question, like 
is some of it done in digitally in post because they didn't have time? Probably, yeah. But then also some of it has to, has to be made decisions on the day where you're just like, no, we're gonna get what we get. And if you're if you're just knocking down a shot list, that's a directorial call. That's that's not a that's not a camera issue or a post production color grading thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 a discussion between the director and the ad on set on the day. He's right, you know. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, to finish my my part here, um, which I've totally gone off base. Um, Sorry. I think this I think this movie is uh, I think this movie is really interesting. I it took me a few tries to get into it, but just like how uh, Kristen said earlier, once she was able to kind of like zone in on it. Maybe this is a headphone movie. I think some. Actually, I told Brian. I think I, I, I when we initially talked about it, I said I think I'm going to watch this movie with headphones, but I didn't do it. Um, but I think this movie may be a headphone movie because you, maybe you needed to, to, to drop into the trip. You know, like you know, they, they, you know, the reason they call it a trip when you do acid is because you can't just stop at any time. You got to go. You know, you got to stow from the beginning to the end. You got to take the trip. Uh, so you know, just kind of drop into it and, and just let it take you over. And, and if you can like let it wash over you and see what they're actually trying to do. I I think it's kind of a fun ride, especially if you're into this, uh, in, into horror or it just into the joke, I guess. So um, Nicholas Cage is fucking killing it. The camera's kind of cool if you can get over it. So I'm going to give this movie a nine. Uh, yeah, I I think it's a fun movie and I think it's it's a it's a it's a must watch. So what what, what was your rating again, Mike? Uh, was it six or six five? Hey, no, we're, 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 we are you totally in line. You me up from a five into a six. We are totally in line with, with the tomato. Yeah. <sighs> I, like, I, I, I don't want to give this a, a ten because of them breaking the line and putting their, you know, in my face. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll lean down to a nine. All right, Kristen, you going next? <clears throat> sure. So, um, yeah, I, I actually I really love what you just said, Jared. I think this is kind of a trip and while like you have to kind of go into the whole movie and while I don't really care about any of the characters or really like Nicolas Cage or (laughs) think he makes any good decisions um I'm like along for the ride I'm like yeah this is what we're doing now and uh you know I (laughs) like I said I I kind of hate um the revenge and movies and the slasher and the horror um and so I actually don't care about the chainsaw fights or the axe things or <laughs> we didn't even talk about. Yeah, that. well, that's stupid. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's there a fifteen go. foot chainsaw. It's like six foot long. Well, dude, okay. it, it, it bothers his force was bigger than his. The fact that the, the chainsaws are like the blades, like they every time they cut back and forth, they're, they're, sometimes they're not moving, and sometimes they are moving, and, and then sometimes they yeah, are. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's so stupid. Bad. Um, however, <laughs> uh, it kind of reminds me of, okay, well, okay. So those are all the things that I don't like about it, but like, I absolutely love the cinematography. I love the lighting. I love the lens flares. I love all the red for no reason. Um, I think the, all of the, the shots, um, especially the dream sequences are super cool. Um, it kind of, it kind of works. It works. It works in the way that like you go see like a modern art installation and you're like, this is so dumb. I love it. And like, that's what this movie is for me. I just, I think it's amazing. Like I was not kidding earlier when I was like, no, this is art. (laughs) 
I think there's so much here that you can like watch and love and learn from and and emulate if you want to. Um, I think it's amazing. I'm gonna get. I have to give it a ten. I have to give it a ten. It's great. Fucking I love it. Damn. I love it. Wow. I, I was gonna go with ten, but they broke that line twice. That is the first time I've heard Kristen <laughs> give a ten, if I'm not mistaken. What is it? I'm pretty I sure I gave is. Jingle all the way at tens. I think she did. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that. that. No, I don't think Deserving, I did. I don't deservingly so. <laughs> I deservingly corrected. so. Okay. That movie's a fucking ten. Oh, I, I, I guess I'm going to give this a 10 as well. Uh, like, Jared, you keep bringing up those 180 uh, line breaks, but if you're going to break the 180, you're going to do it for a reason. You're going to have the balls to do it properly. Like, and, like, look, don't, don't get jealous at the size of Panos' balls, all right? He's got bigger balls than you. <laughs> That's all. It's okay, baby. Uh, I don't know. I just... I give it to him. I give it to him. Hmm. <sighs> Bigger balls, bigger balls. I, I, I get the I get the criticisms of this movie being labeled as pretentious. I totally get it. I understand it. I'm not gonna fight or argue with anybody on 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 that. But I don't know. I do think I may not understand all the symbolisms and metaphors that the director wants me to understand. But you know, his dad directed fucking Cobra, which is also another movie about a. A cult coming after a woman. That's Bridget Nelson. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's got Sylvester Stallone in it, and it was made in the eighties, and it's stupid and it's action packed. But you know, uh, I get it. You know, like it's like revenge fantasy porn. You guys were saying you don't feel for the characters. Like I don't know. Like these quiet moments between these two hurt people. I do feel for them. And when Mandy is taken from Nicholas's cage character and he's screaming and grabbing his fucking throat because it hurts so bad to just pour fucking straight alcohol and chug it. And he's just going to hold his throat and scream. I feel his pain in that scene. And when he, when he comes like, I think one of the things that makes Cheddar Goblin so funny is his fucking reaction to it. It's it's such a fucking 80s cliched moment, and he just went through the most traumatic, fucking horrendous experience anybody could go through, and here are Cheddar Goblins on the screen. <laughs> and I, like, he even mutters to himself, he's like, Cheddar Goblin. Shit, Cheddar Goblin. And then he just goes, lays down, and passes out. And it's like, it's... It's how this moment's paced, and the things that we see, and the moments that we spend with, with characters... That's what makes it special. Otherwise, this would just be a stupid, really fast fucking revenge porn fantasy with fucking Bill Duke from fucking Predator and Commando showing up to give us a goddamn crossbow that is literally named the fucking Reaper. Really weak string, though, because he kind of pulls it back with his finger very easily. <laughs> Obviously a fake crossbow. No, that was, that was 100% real, Jared. It was legit. Come on. <laughs> Uh, you know, something I, I did catch on, on this viewing, too, is like uh, uh, when Mandy first sees uh, Jeremiah and he's coming, uh, he's coming toward her and he's like, I see you. Do you see me? And she's like, yeah, I see the Reaper coming. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool that Nicholas Cage, that's what he calls his crossbow, too. And it's like, what yeah. does she mean there? And she's like, oh, I see somebody coming to kill me or I see all of you dying. I, I don't know. You know, like she kind of has this supernatural aura around her or like maybe it's just like pain and trauma around her and like all these predators and all these men like even Nicolas Cage's character he's coming from this past 
that we're not 100% sure what it is, but it is bad and dark. And all of these all of these dark, abusive, and violent men are attracted to Mandy. So, like, I don't know. When we go down into this LSD trip, I mean, I really, I don't know. I just really like it. It's just, it's fun. It's surreal. And you guys saying you're fucking bored by this blows my fucking mind. Like, what the we, hell do you need? We did not say that. Don't. I, I said this. I said this. The other two fellows Still stand by it. Christian, I'm Still sorry. stand by it. You know, everything that you're no, describing, it she sounds... said the same. She said it too, and it's the way we all said it. You said it too. I didn't say I was you bored. Were, you, you said you were bored until you until you put your headphones on. And oh yeah, I had to like pay attention to. I had to pay attention to the movie. Exactly. All right. <sighs> okay, so she just needed you're to pay rewind to the fun of the, pro- yeah, front okay, of the podcast. Yeah, okay, fine. It's boring see. if I'm not like watching it. Okay, yeah. There, there you go. But it's a visual right. movie. You need you need your eyeballs <laughs> to experience this fucking thing. Come on, like, what are we talking about? Uh, it, yeah, it's 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 a ten. It's it's weird. It's trippy. It's awesome. Did you? Did anyone else watch uh, past the credits? Yeah. What was that last scene? I mean, it wasn't even a scene. It was just. It was a, a shot of. It was a shot of her drawing that he was that she was drawing at the beginning of the movie when he came over and he was over her shoulder and he's like, "Oh, that's really good." And he stands there for like fucking thirty seconds, like staring at it. Um, knock, knock. Yeah, but we we never we never get to see it, and so after the credits, you get to see her drawing. No, you get to see little pieces of it. Really? Yeah, it, I don't it, remember seeing it like that. It, well, yeah, that's true. You don't get to see the full thing. But, yeah, you, it's like dissolving in and out of her like face as she's like yeah. drawing. I think the drawings are, are important because that's her, you know, and so that, I think that's why all his uh, dreams of her are drawings because that's still keeping her alive through her art, I guess. Now that you brought up dreams, it totally reminded me. Do you think Nicolas Cage was lying when they were talking about dreams? Do you think, do you think he was lying when he said he couldn't remember his dream? Mandy's like, oh, you had a nightmare. So what, what did you dream about? I can't remember. And then she tells him that Sterling or Starling story about the birds. Oh, about, yeah, about the birds, yeah. I don't know. It's Well, I mean, I mean, I tend to forget my dreams pretty quickly when I wake up. But at the same, same time, here. he seemed very disturbed. So it's possible that it was both. Because I've also had it happen where, like, I can remember the dream. But as I start to tell it, like, I instantly forget it. So I don't Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know. Dreams are so weird, but he definitely seemed super disturbed by that. So regardless of what was going on, it didn't seem like he was willing to open up and share that with her. And I think that was really interesting because she then shares a very vulnerable story with him. I'm going to show you how to kill these birds. (laughs) They squawking too much in the trees. And with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us? Write us an email, uh, yell at us, uh, make a correction, uh, or you know what? You can get in one of those nice uh, requests. We, we, we got one more episode, and uh, you can send us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the movie crew, crew spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at moviecrewpod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? The audience can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh I guess if you go to Instagram, you can find me at Check the Gate on Twitter at uh, Jared B. Callen or my other fine podcast, Horror Stories, on Apple Podcasts. Oh, we're struggling. Oh, man, we're struggling at the end of this podcast. Lots of alcohol going through the system for the Mandy cast. <laughs> Thank you, Truly Tri- Titan. I keep fucking your name up. <laughs> Thanks for following us on, uh, on the Twitter. And Mike, where can the audience follow you? 
I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Grigsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And Kristen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And tonight we are going to close out the show with track number three from the Mandy. Mandy. God damn it, bro. <laughs> what the fuck was I even trying to say? That wasn't even close to the know. word, Mandy. It's the, al- it's the alcohol speaking, brother. We're going to be closing out the show tonight with track number three from the Mandy soundtrack titled Mandy Love Theme. This is from composer Janis Johansson. Yo- Johnson? Jo- Johan Johansson. Yes. The composer for the Arrival Ooh. movie. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, he was. Oh, Brian, you should tell And this movie that. was dedicated to him because apparently he passed away, which is super sad. Yeah. He's oh, man. fantastic. He was a great guy. Enjoy.
what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> We're all waiting for you, Jared. Oh, are you waiting on me? You start the podcast, man. Oh, I didn't know we were ready to go. I'm sorry. Oh, you're right. We we're usually we take like, a couple minutes after. Everybody's the clap. like talking and shit, you know. Normally, but now I realize we're, we're jumping right in. Excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you were the one trying to start talking about this thing before we actually started rolling. I know. So. I know. I know. Here we go. It's listener request month on the Movie Crew podcast, and tonight we're talking about the triptastic Nicolas Cage revenge horror film. Wait, I fucked that up. Too much to say. Okay. It's Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about the triptastic Nicolas Cage revenge horror film, Mandy. February's all about the love, and we love you, Trilly... February's all about the love, and we love you, Trilly Titan. Thanks for the request. Fucking weird-ass name. Don't put that last part in there, Brian. I'm totally putting that. God damn it. <laughs> we take your request and then we throw on some salt in the wound. Uh, insult. Thanks for following the podcast with your weird name. 